Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to the Woodshed. It's a podcast. I took a week off, went on vacation, went down to Santa Barbara and visited the wife's family, had a really good time down there. It was not hot. It was not smoky. Um, it's actually not been too bad here all, all that all that much, you know, with the with the fires that we usually get. We're only, there's only a couple that uh, is close, so we're not getting all that much smoke this year. I'm not going to talk about it, but <laughs> anyway... Welcome to the Woodshed. I am going to be speaking with a, a gentleman from the Pacific Northwest by the name of Casey Freedom. Um, he is a folk singer, and uh, it's great. He's super chill. We've texted, we've emailed, and we've even spoke on the phone. So I'm very happy to talk to him on the podcast. I'm sure you'll enjoy his music and the things that he has to say. And I uh, want to thank my sponsors, because they're amazing. Um, yeah, I, uh, I just like that I'm able to do some extra stuff because I've got such, you know, good representation sponsorship, you know, like a look design, making the logo look as professional as possible. And, you know, just kind of helping me out with a few things. They helped me out with the last podcast that I did. They did some other logo work for me. In fact, uh, Sasha even made a resume once for me. So a look design, they're on the internet. They're on Facebook. They're on all the social medias. The media. The smedias. <laughs> Social media. Um, also, Gary at Rogue Valley DJs. Um, yeah, Rogue Valley DJs. We've been doing it for quite a long time. Um, I say established 1990 because that's, uh, that's when I first started DJing here in the Rogue Valley. So, um, but yeah, you know, if you need a DJ, just holler. Gary at RogueValleyDJs.com. He could even uh, get me hired out for a gig. I'm not doing too many more. I think I've got three weddings this season, and then that's it. So I'll have time <laughs> on the weekends if you need a gig done. If you need a DJ, just holler at your boy, Gary at RogueValleyDJs.com. Uh, sorry, I already did a look design. Outsider Coffee, yum. They're super good, and they're super nice, and there's two locations here in southern Oregon, one in my town here in Central Point, and one over in Medford, but they're on the World Wide Web at Outsider.Coffee. You can order some coffee, a T-shirt, whatever you want to do. Just do it. And, uh, of course, Moxley Media. You know, uh, Joe and the crew over there making my shirts and stuff, doing my doing my funny prints and whatever else I can come up with. I'm, I'm sorry, Joe, I'm not wearing one of your prints right now. I'm, hopefully you're not too mad about it, but... Anyway, thank you to those uh, wonderful sponsors, and uh, yeah, it's good stuff. So I got some pretty cool things happening on the podcast. You know, we spoke with Arlo McKinley a few weeks ago. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking to talk to the bassist of El Dorado, who's also in And the Food Stamps. Um, and the Food Stamps is the backing band for Tyler Childers. Uh, a while back, we spoke with Rod Elkins, also of El Dorado, and and the food stamps. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of getting all the way around Tyler, you know, like going to talk to everybody he knows. And uh, hopefully he comes on the podcast eventually. But um, rumor has it he doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. So hopefully I can break the mold. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot going on. This month's been um, been pretty chill. And, uh, well, August. It's early August now, and it's starting out pretty chill. And I, I, I don't have any DJing to do this month, so I'm going to lean it way back. I'm going to have garage sales instead. Um, but anyway, let's get, to, let's get to talking to Casey. Yeah, Casey Freedom on Welcome to the Woodshed podcast. Here we go. 
When I'm feeling like I just don't want to deal with the world today I go down to the woodshed Where all we do is pick and play Play a song for the underdogs And the happy-going-lucky Play a song for the Californios And East Kentucky And when I'm feeling like I just don't want to deal with the world today I go down to the woodshed Where all we do is pick and play I go down to the woodshed Where all we do is pick and play Hello, Mr. Casey Freedom. How are you? Welcome to the woodshed. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Casey. I hope you know that. Um, giving me some of your time and, and you know, like being willing. Uh, I, it really feels great. Thank you for doing it. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. And I'm also redheaded-ish. So, like, uh, you know, we're going to get along. <laughs> there you go. I forgot to tell you because uh, I didn't. it didn't dawn on me. Well, I didn't have it back then, like when we first started talking. But on your website, you've got a picture of yourself in like a blue cattleman style uh, snap t- uh, shirt, button up shirt. Yes. Uh-huh. I have that same damn shirt, man. <laughs> it's oh, that's funny. So yeah, I know I've had that one for a while. We're basically related. Yeah, pretty much. I like it. All right. Dude. Well, hey, man. Um, let's let's just jump right in head first. How's it sound? That sounds great to me. All right. Well. Um, you know, I'm just going to ask all the, you know, normal questions first, like all the standards, I guess, if you will. So how, how did you get your start in music? Um, music's, I've had music going my whole life since I was a kid, real little kid, really. Um, I was in choirs and things since basically kindergarten, first grade. And, uh, I was almost always in some form of like an ensemble, uh, up through high school into college um so music music was always around my mom sang some she played piano you know we had instruments around the house um so i've always had a some decent decent access to music and then just you know just kind of casually was always part of music a little bit of theater you know a little little bit of other instruments as well growing up okay um, anyone in your family, you know, involved in music in any way, shape or form? Uh, yeah, my, my sister, you know, growing up, we both did kind of similar stuff. She was doing jazz choirs and things like that. Um, and she does some music now. Her name is Claire Stevens. She's down in San Diego and she's, you know, she's <clears throat> playing and writing Americana music these days. But yeah, we both, both grew up, uh, playing playing music, singing in choirs, uh, younger sister. I don't believe she was in choirs as much, but she was picking up like brass instruments. So it was a very musically supportive family and household. Um, I think, you know, like my uncle plays. Um, and, uh, uh, we usually had a piano in the house cause my mom would, you know, kind of play casually, uh, every once in a while growing up, but nobody, as far as I know, no one like playing professionally. Hmm. I've been a DJ a long time, and um, 
you know, like I did radio, I, I've done events and, you know, like nightclubs and stuff. So I've, I've never had the opportunity to introduce uh, music that's not, you know, like on the radio, if you will, like the top 40 or the even the country or rock and roll stations. Okay. Um, so it, this is kind of it's a it's a thing that I really, really like because I man, I don't listen to music. You know, often if <laughs> right. I, I don't listen to the radio so much. I, you know, I've got a pretty cool Spotify playlist, a few actually going. Okay. And um, yeah, the podcast gives me the ability of listening to music that doesn't shut my brain off into like the DJ world, you know, like, well, yeah, it's separation of, you know, work mode probably yeah. for you. Yeah, I'm counting beats per minute every time I hear an Usher song. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, know where I what I, where I would mix in and out of it. You know, all that good stuff. But sure. hey, who do you count as like your your main influences in, in music? That maybe someone's oh. recording. Or, you know, like who do you love? Who do you look up to? Um, oh man, who do I love? Yeah, in the last week or month. Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, I bounce around a lot with lots of different styles of music. I mean, the last few years I've been hitting that harder, um, doing my homework, listening to a lot of country, uh, Americana, a lot of country folk, American folk singers. Um, some of the, yeah, who I just overall look up to in general, I'd say in the, who's just totally on top of their game right now is Charlie Crockett. Mm. Yeah, he's been he's been on top of this game for a while now. Like it, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't. He's like he he has FBI as management. I think because <laughs> yeah. I, I can't I can't get in touch with with guys like Charlie Crockett, and and that's fine. Maybe one day, but um, yeah, he's <laughs> man, he's something else, dude. It's imp- yeah, he's one of those incredible prolific artists, and he's you know he's clearly he's a workhorse, and he's churning out records, but he's also playing a million shows i've seen i've probably seen him six times oh nice i just enjoy enjoy his sound his throwback throwback sound and the way he runs his band and all that good stuff it was like uh it was sometime last year and a buddy of mine was like hey did you hear charlie crockett was in town yesterday and i was like man never say those words to me again unless it's today you know? uh, yeah. <laughs> i missed it yeah. Oh, I hate that when I hate it when that happens. It, and I miss shows a lot. I or I used to because of all the all the DJing, you know, on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Like that's when all the cool stuff happens around the Rogue Valley, you know. And uh, yeah. on occasion there might be a Thursday night show at the Brit Festival, but you know, it's sure it's just life. But um you're in the Pacific Northwest, right? Where you where are you at? Yeah, so I'm about oh, depending on traffic, I'm about forty five minutes north of Seattle. So okay. I'm in Snohomish County, kind of, you know, pretty close to the Puget Sound. Mm. Um, so I'm like 50-50 these days between like Seattle proper area okay, and uh, up kind of in the suburbs, well, former country. You know, some of it is still country, but becoming more and more suburban. I, um, I really know. like it there. I like Seattle. Yeah, it's pretty. It's green. Yeah. It's not, 110, traffic, you know. it's not 110 oh. in the summer in Medford. Yeah. You've been here, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's one of those towns. No offense. I like to hightail it through a town like that. You know? <laughs> Do you? <clears throat> yeah. There's some other towns like that where it's, oh, it's warm. It's so warm. Redding is even worse. We're Redding is worse. Yes. So I absolutely would agree with you. It's so hot. We were... And there's no wind. 
<laughs> and no wind. Gosh. Yeah. Well, anyway, how do you think um, where you live affects how you write music? Oh, interesting. Um, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, there's probably no way I'd go about it. There's probably always going to be like automatic influences from local music, right? Mm-hmm. And so stuff's going to, you know, some of it's going to sound a little bit more, ed- a little more edge to it, a little more rock and, and you know, singing wise and stuff. Because I grew up, uh, you know, as far as like rock songs and stuff. Grew up, you know, singing along to Soundgarden and all that. Um, so that's going to definitely tie into how things sound, like sonically. You know, playing in indie rock bands. You know, the way I play guitar is probably permanently going to be <laughs> altered in that way. Mm. Um, you know, you'll probably be able to pick it out and stuff that I play um, naturally. Um, but as far as, like, yeah, the area, I don't know. Like, um you know, I've got I've got one one record out now that I just did what a uh, month and a half ago, and you know I've got a mix of stuff, some sad stuff. A lot of people around here are really good at writing sad, sad songs because mm. we have the long, wet, dark winter. You know, <laughs> not a lot of vitamin D flowing through people, so people can really kind of tap into that resource pretty well as songwriters. Um, so there's, there's definitely some of that. Um, I, I think I, some of my song subjects I've noticed over the years have turned more towards, you know, like working class subjects and blue collar life kind of thing, just cause it's what I'm surrounded with. I'm not actually, you know, I'm not in the city. Um, I'm not seeing people deal with city stuff as much. I'm, you know, I'm around people that are, <clears throat> you know, more like I guess like middle middle income and you know um, blue collar or trades a lot of tradesmen um, and so that kind of you know that's the kind of stuff I've been liking write to write about uh, you know experiences regarding the yeah the, the workforces and the trades I'm in construction so that's always on my mind. <laughs> You know, those kind of people I'm hanging around with a lot of the time. So that's where some of the stories come from. You've got a really great video for the song The Grid. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, man. The opening, you know, <laughs> everything that you've done, you know, to, to make this video. Would, tell, tell me about the process in, in making that video for the song. Well, um, I'd say that, uh, you know, there's a lot of artistic things that I can do a little... I have like a little bit of talent in, you know, lots of different mediums, but the visual arts, I don't, I don't have a ton of history with that, you know, maybe some, you know, uh, editing for posters or something, but that's kind of it. Um, but I have a good friend and he's a music buddy that I went to college with and uh, <clears throat> he was bartending down in Eugene, Oregon when I was on a trip. And uh, he said, man, I want to make a music video for you. I didn't bring, you know, I, had, I mm. talked some about my music, but yeah, he said, dude, I, I've been doing video stuff. I'd love to make a music video. And I had two options. I had like the super downer, sad country song, or I had this kind of like fun, dystopian kind of silly song. Uh, and so he went for that one instantly. You know, I gave him the two options and I said, you 
work your magic. I, I trust your instincts. You know, I'm along for the ride. I'm just your actor at this point. Uh, and so we, we blocked out two days, you know, a few months in the future. He drove up with his gear, one man operation, and we just banged it out. You know, the, not, not the easy way, but it was fun, but it's not the easy way, you know, is, you know, some good long days, uh, a lot of hiking around to remote spots and had to walk across a super slippery bridge in the middle of winter time. And it was a blast. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> you know, it was, it was not what I expected a video shoot, you know, and uh, so that's then we've got to do it our own way. It was super fun and it was pretty organic, as you can see, the, the people in that music video, it's, it's my family and my immediate neighbors. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. And so, um, it, you know, it's all it's all good energy, good vibes, having fun because that's really what it was. And uh, he, he had a storyline for a house party scene, you know, that would sort of tap into some of the themes of the music. Um, but it was more about having fun and, <laughs> and getting getting some friends together and, you know, have a little house party. Excuse to have a little house party and, <clears throat> you know, hear a song like 72 times in a row, like full volume. <laughs> it was pretty surreal, especially when it's in your own music. You're like, oh boy, here we, here we go again. Uh, that, that was a new, that was a new thing for me, for sure. Um, but yeah, I just kind of let him do his thing. His name, his name is Thor and he's got a company. He's got uh, cow dog productions in, their, in Eugene. Oh, and he does a lot of like commercial stuff and like spot work, you know. Um, so it was a really fun thing for him to change it up and do some, you know, a music video and kind of just run around and be silly with me. So it was it was cool. Near the end of our lockdown times here in in Oregon, I um, I was doing some. Well, it, not near the end, I guess. It kind of, sort of. My part, my like my start of doing what I was doing happened at almost the very start of our lockdown. I, I was DJing on Facebook, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. only do like house music, like unsigned uh, producer tracks. Cause, oh, oh, so it wouldn't get flagged? Man, <laughs> I could, yeah. you know, if, if I could have figured out how to get the licensing part taken care of, it would have been great because oh, I could have played it. I don't even know. There were some huge artists that couldn't. I saw guys like Diplo couldn't even pull that off. No. They had to switch to Twitch. Yeah, I you know the thing is like for for me <laughs> I remember that. For me I had nobody on Twitch. I had you Same. know close to 5000 people on Facebook. Oh. And man. so you know I had a pretty good uh presence on Facebook and so I was mm-hmm. doing sets and you know making money and then mm-hmm. a local theater that's been shut down for decades and they've been trying to raise money to, to remodel and reopen. And they're real, man, they're really close. It's amazing. It's a beautiful place. It's historic, blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole thing. Well, they called me and they're like, Hey, uh, how would you like to do? And I was calling it party garage because I was in my garage and you can't (laughs) find them any, I I don't have Facebook anymore, so you can't find it on there. Um, (laughs) But I, I, they called me and said, Hey, how would you like to do a Friday night? at the theater live on Facebook. And I was like, sure. But nice. instead of, and this was in December and I was like, instead of one Friday night, how about I do every Friday leading up to Christmas? 
And mm-hmm. um, they said, sure. And then after the third third week, they were like, look, this has been great. Like, we really love what you've been doing. How can we do more? You know, how wow. can... So I started doing... I, I reached out to other DJs. We got them on. Uh, we did sets with the DJs. And then I started reaching out to, like, local bands. And I got... Man, I had tw- <laughs> 12 weeks of live music at this theater. Whoa. And then it turned into recording an episode okay. for, for one band. And we did four music videos for them. And, dude, we were in that theater for 14 hours that day. <laughs> yeah. Hearing the same it's song. <laughs> you know, hearing the same songs. But yeah. it, it turned out beautifully. I'll send you a link another time. It turned out beautifully. Oh, I love that. And we did, like, a kind of a my guest needs no introduction type of interview. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm the guy with the white beard, so I clearly have to be uh, David Letterman. And mm-hmm. I interviewed Danielle Kelly, who's a local and just extremely talented uh, artist here in, in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's always gigging. So it was a really thing, a really neat thing to be in, uh, be a part of. So I kind of, you know, I share that with you to tell you I have heard the same song for 14 hours in a row, <laughs> you know, at full volume in a freezing yeah. cold theater with no heat. Oh. But it was awesome. I would do that again, but they, you know, they'd have to figure out a way for it to make us money. So, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> understandable. Well, I want to play yeah. a song. Um, I've got the first song we're going to play is on my own. So can, can you tell us on about my own that time. song? Yeah. yeah. On my own time. Thank you. Can you, can you tell us about that song? Yes. So that was one of the, one of the first songs that I really, I guess one of the first songs I wrote, um, all the way through, um, and completed. <laughs> and it was a lead, lead single off my record. Um, that songs really kind of represents my, uh, work, and uh, music life balance, um, you know, working, working a nine to five, operating a construction business during the week, and then going straight into music on the weekends, sort of to decompress and then kind of just doing that on repeat. And, uh, <laughs> and just, uh, it's kind of about the environment of doing that, being a working musician and trying to balance those things. Um, but yeah, that, that, yeah, it's just, it's just about having fun and kind of, it's like, it's very literal. <laughs> it's uh it's pretty on the nose for us. Like this, you know, it's basically saying this is, this is why I'm here doing what I'm doing. This is, you know, the share music, share my songs with people on the, on the weekend to kind of wind down from, you know, the rest of the wacky world and, you know, working. So, and, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it was a fun one to record as well. And I got my buddies from LA to come back me up. They're a bluegrass band called Water Tower. Oh, yeah. And uh, they, they backed me up on this one and gave us some cool country bluegrass flair. Um, yeah. And I mixed that one. I ended up mixing that one myself, uh, that song at home, uh, before I put it on the record. All right. Well, let's play on my own time. Sweet. It's hard to be early when I'm always late Another week of working six days straight I'm getting grown On my own time Street lights are coming on one by one Call it a day cause we ran out of sun I get home 
Casey, how would you describe your creative process? So like, let me expand on that a little bit. So is, is it you pull out the guitar and you riff it out or do you go, oh, I've got a lyric in my head. And then you, you know, you write the lyrics and you riff it out. How, how does that work for you? 
Um, I'd say, well, I'm still, you know, it's it's definitely not uh, perfected by any means. I'm still learning how I write songs, Mm. if that makes sense. Um, Most of the time, what I think is going on is that I'm I'm fleshing out a song, sometimes 80% on a guitar. Um, Chord melody, you know, where the, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the chords, but I'm also thinking about a melody, and sometimes I'm playing the melody within the chords on the guitar, um, and that usually becomes a vocal melody later on. Um, and but as I've been writing more and working with a song coach um, to kind of teach me the craft of you know proper folk songwriting, I do find myself in situations where I'm like, I don't, oh man, I don't know, you know, what am I going to say here? And I'll realize, oh wait, I have a, I have a line, you know, that's been bouncing around in my head. And some of those I will take little digital notes and write down, usually just short phrases. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of a clever thought. And, or maybe I hear something and I'll type a little note and then it kind of finds its way you know, somehow, some way into a, into a song or not. Um, and they kind of mesh together. But most of the time I've noticed that even if I'm writing instrumentally, I can kind of still get like a vibe or a feeling of what I'm going to be, you know, what, what, what I'm going to be saying in a song, which is kind of a weird, weird experience because uh, like I was saying earlier, I grew up doing choirs and stuff, but um as i come at it as a performer mm. you know i i wasn't doing poetry in high school you know it, it was just different i was playing instruments and so that's where i'm you know lyrically it's literally like lyrical lines on a guitar or piano um and so lyrics were a little weird for me to get used to sharing if that yeah if that makes sense it's easy for me to share an emote on an instrument because it's second nature, but uh, to be telling, telling stories was, it's a newer, it's a newer process. It's, it's really fun, uh, but it's a total different kind of adventure that I've been, yeah, kind of exploring how the heck I even write some of these things. <laughs> I, I, I think I have like one song where it was kind of, um, you know, Maybe more, I guess you could call it like, uh, I don't know. I just kind of, I, I was able to write a song in like 12 minutes or something where it just came and it made sense and it just kept coming. I don't know where it's coming from outer space or something. And and then, then like, oh, I'm almost done with that song. And then other songs like the one you just played, that's something where I had ideas flushed out, but it took me months of revising and listening and thinking of how I wanted things to sound rhythmically uh, it to kind of put back together uh, until it felt whole. I've been, I've been toying with a, with a a song idea for about a week and a half Mm -hmm. and I'm not a songwriter. I've never been musically gifted in that way. I've never been able to play guitar or drums or, you know, I played the M Hunter, uh, harmonica when I was nice. a kid, I could play when the saints go marching in, but you know, Good. whatever, but outside of that, that's it. So the, the concept, I hear it as a three, four, right? So it's called beer flight. 
And so far what I have, and I'm not going to sing it because I'm not a singer, but so far what I have is, uh, and I'm working on it because I, I'm, you know, I, I know it's probably got to rhyme a little bit, but uh, I don't well, like how the not. first two lines <laughs> rhyme, but it goes, if I just drank whiskey, I wouldn't be this fat. If I just drank whiskey, I wouldn't need a big hat. <laughs> okay. All right. If I just drank whiskey, it would be all right. But don't mind me as I drink this beer flight. <laughs> I like that. No, that's, that's catchy. <clears throat> yeah, super dorky, but that's that's where my head is. And, mo- and pretty much any given moment is something dorky. Um, what, what, what are your like pre-show rituals? Like, how do you get yourself psyched up, you know, fired up, ready to go? How do you do that? Ooh, well, so I'd say it performing used to be, I, I know there's times when I was nervous going, maybe at like competitions and things. Mm. It used to be not that big of a deal. And then I went to, ironically, I went to music school. Oh, cool. But there was a lot of like solo stuff and a lot of stuff where I'm working in a group of three people in a room, you know, you're not in the auditorium with everyone looking at you. And so I had to kind of relearn how to not lose my fucking mind on stage. When I went to solo, you know, here I am with a guitar and my voice all alone without 25 people in a choir. I didn't realize how hard that (laughs) that shift was going to be. So that was actually very nerve wracking and it took me a couple of years to kind of get back in the saddle, probably around 2016 to 2018 or so. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty ADD. And so it's not, for me, it's not a matter of like hyping up for a show. I'm just trying to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to calm down and like get centered. Um, mm. Because if I don't then I cut you know then I'll forget something you know mm. by my front door on the way to the gig or you know I'll end up being late you know I'm usually just 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 enough time to get there before my gig you know um a lot of times I'm threading the needle there and that makes it fun and it's exciting um but it's you know it's not the most uh <clears throat> it's not the most conducive for yeah coming at it from like a calm uh, relaxed state. So these days, I might do a vocal warm up a couple hours before. Um, I have learned that me personally, if I start practicing a bunch on songs that I'm worried about, it doesn't seem to help. It just freaks me out more. And then uh, I'll start getting stage anxiety because I'll be thinking about, oh man, I'm gonna mess it up. Um, and so I've realized that, like, if I can just kind of chill out <laughs> and. Uh, focus on having fun that I'll probably do all right on most of the songs and, you know, try to be in the moment, uh, try, trying to get into the moment has probably been a goal of mine last few years. And I, I oftentimes it's, you know, that, that ends up happening and it's, it's a great feeling to try kind of be up there and just kind of relax and, you know, kind of be able to observe what's going on around you without totally freaking out. Um, but it's it's a common performer thing um, of you know having either pre pre performance kind of stage fright thing or just in the moment you know um, I don't even know if it's if it's because people are looking at you or something but yeah it's, it's my my 
My rituals aren't perfect, but I'm definitely at a place where um, I've been playing. Uh, lately, I've been playing probably two, three shows a weekend, um, every week. And so I don't have enough time to even worry about <laughs> you know, the things I used to worry about. Mm. You know, I used to sit there, get ready four or five hours before a show, and it just ended up freaking me out. Um, and so now I just kind of go, all right, I've got my stuff, everything's loaded, do a vocal warm up, maybe touch my guitar a little bit, and then kind of ends up being a little more fun. It feels a little more natural on stage for me when I'm, I do it that way. As a DJ, I'm kind of a machine and, mm-hmm. you know, weddings are a little bit different, you know, as a, as a wedding DJ, you know, I'm a wedding singer effectively, but you know, I'm, I'm in the shadows mostly, mm-hmm. mostly, mm-hmm. you know, there's some, there's stuff that I do that's a little bit different than other DJs. Um, like, you know, people here, they're sometimes a little harder to get to the dance floor. So what I do is I, okay. I put them on the dance floor and take a group picture with them. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I have a song written that I wrote for you guys. You know, it's a total joke. Mm-hmm. And I run around to behind the DJ booth and I start another one, Bites the Dust by Queen. And it's catchy and it's <laughs> silly. And then I go, hey, you're on the dance floor. You might as well use it for dancing. And then that, you know, then they're dancing. So mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've made the, the hardest part of the night. Oh, beats. you ripped the bandaid off. Yep, totally. They're <laughs> on the floor. No one's thinking, no one's looking at them, you know, because they're all there. Yeah. So it's a little easier. But um, I, I, I kind of, it's really funny because I am, I'm a routine person. I have also like super ADHD. Um, mm-hmm. I'm bouncing off the walls pretty much from the moment I wake up until I fall asleep, like my dad on the couch <laughs> at 830. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm go, you know, it's just go, go, go. So mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm in go mode immediately. I show up to the gear or to the venue. If I don't know it, I get out and I look at it and I'm like, okay, I'm setting up here and I'm doing this and I'm, you know, and I go grab my gear and I'm like, blah, 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 and I do the whole thing. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have any really, uh, any rituals myself either because I'm just, uh, I am so scattered that if I don't, if I don't practice my routine, I will leave the microphone stand at my house. That's fair. And I, I think I do that probably subconsciously, uh, put stuff out the night before and I usually have fail safes. I'm not. A, I don't get mad about it anymore. I used to freak, you know, freak out. Oh no, I left this thing. It's no, I don't. I have no shame. I lost the venue. Hey, I need a battery. My wife goes. Did For you, my guitar. My wife goes. Did you? Did you pack everything? I was like, yeah, yes, honey, I did. Thank you. But, um, so, kind of told you like how I do things. You know, with my like weddings and whatever. Nightclubs yeah. are a whole different thing. You're you're definitely performing. You know, I'm I'm kind of cheesy. I'm kind of a game show host, um, but I don't it's really fun. do that stuff anymore at all. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm 52. I don't have time for nightclubs. And, you know, whatever, but, um, also married, you know, so it's a little different, but, uh, I love the mic and the crowd loves me on the mic. So like my Mm -hmm. crowd work is pretty darn good. I try not to be on the mic all the time, but you know, you got to pump them up, you know, whatever. I'm kind of an effective hype man, but, um, what are your like crowd works skills? Like what, how do you interact with the crowd? You know, I was kind of circling back to like trying to be in the moment, not be worried mm. about lyrics or what I'm looking like on stage if I'm hitting my chords and stuff like that. That's been something I've kind of had to work back up to and and really kind of plan ahead of time. I've I've noticed okay. that part doesn't come quite as naturally to me. I, 
It's like if I was in a room and there's three people, there would be banter, it'd be funny, it'd be relaxed, it'd be good. But when there's like 30 people, it it's a little bit of a different, you know, there's a, it's a different way to connect with people. Mm. And I find that I have to practice it more and really kind of come up with some stuff. Sometimes I even write, oh, what am I going to say about this song when I introduce it? Because mm. otherwise I'll just, you know, maybe if I'm nervous or something, a few years ago, I would just kind of play through a bunch of songs, which is fine. But then it's, you know, you're not, you know, interacting with people the same. So if I kind of slow things down, like I was talking about when I'm on stage, or if someone says something funny or someone's being a dick or something, <laughs> then it's like, oh, cool. They'll have some material, you know, uh, something I can kind of work with. And that that's, that's usually rewarding, you know, if I can kind of level with some people in the audience and kind of, you know, talk, you know, maybe talk a little bit of small talk or something. Um, you know, uh, some songwriters will give long introductions to their songs and stuff. It's just not totally my vibe. It just doesn't feel as comfortable for me. Mm. I'm like, well, I hope I wrote this song well enough that it tells a story. Um, and you know, I'll be like, here's my song. This is what it's called. So it's a work in, work in progress. Yeah. Um, it's It's been nice. It's been refreshing to um, do more like venue shows mm. where there's three bands and people are like, okay, what's your deal? I've done a million shows where I'm, uh, I'm the entertainment, like you're talking about, where I do some stuff with the crowd, but, uh, you know, I'm, maybe I'm background music at a, at a restaurant or a winery or a brewery. And so there's a few less opportunities uh, to kind of grab the whole room's attention. And so that's been, that's been fun to get into some of those where I, I do get to talk to the crowd a little bit, uh, maybe say something silly, self-deprecating about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> showing up later, whatever it is. Um, and it just kind of lightens the mood. So, yeah, I got to write things down. I have to cheat. I have to have to come up with some plans ahead of time. <laughs> oh, believe me, when when I sit down to do this podcast, I've I've actually typed out all of the uh, questions I'm going to ask, and I print it okay. up. I have every interview sitting right in front of me, mm-hmm. and I try to do. There's some standards, you know, the dorky stuff like, uh, "Hey, how did you start out in music?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's the you know things that I've put some more thought into to make it a little bit different each time. Um, but hey, let's get into the next track I'll cool. play. You sent me uh, Work So Hard. So talk about that song. Yeah, so this song is based off true events. Um, I wrote it when I was, I was sitting in a small brewery um, over in kind of a sort of factory town nearby. And I was observing some conversations between some Seattle area young tech workers. And... You know, a dude that w- was driving uh, a big garbage truck, like a municipal garbage truck, and kind of listened to the one guy explain his hardships, the other guy explaining his hardships, and was sitting there kind of just trying to soak it all in and try to find some way to see some of the relation between uh, these guys and what they perceived as tough um 
is you know it's, it's kind of at first it was kind of hard to because one guy's clearly making way more money and his concerns were pretty seemed superficial but at the end of the day they it was both it seemed very real to both of them and it's kind of made me reflect a little bit on that you know without trying to <laughs> trying not to judge you know and uh so it, yeah it's a song about trying to trying to relate back to different people and um the hardships and how how they perceive hardships in their life and that we're all we got everyone's got their own shit going on basically and so that's that's kind of what it's about all right let's play work so hard Face have the 
All right, Casey, I know you listened to the Arlo McKinley episode of the podcast. Yes, I did. So did you go all the way through? Did you listen to the whole thing? I got, oh, you know, there might have been like eight minutes where it tapered off at the end. You guys have been talking about Cincinnati and baseball and some of the some of the lockdown stuff, some of the songwriting. Okay. So you probably didn't hear the end, which is perfect. Oh, I probably nope. missed a good one. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's This is perfect. I appreciate it. Uh, any amount of time you've given to listening to the podcast is is really great. But the fact that you didn't get to the most serious questions <laughs> of the podcast is very pleasing to me because I okay. like I like I like the uh, I like to just kind of be organic, you know. All right. <laughs> um, so now what I'm saying to you now is that the the next few questions are going to be the most serious questions that I'll ask you on this interview. Okay, okay are you ready? All right. I'm ready. Are you seated? Are you, are you? I'm sitting down. All right. Perfect. <laughs> All right. How would you describe wearing wet socks? <laughs> well, as, as uh, somebody who spends a decent amount of time outdoors working in horrible construction situations in the dead of winter, I've worn a lot of wet socks mm. and had a lot of blisters and wet boots um, oh, this. maybe, I don't know. I might not be the best one to ask because I just kind of numbed it out over the years. Um, <clears throat> I've had a lot of wet socks before. Um, hmm. I'd say it's kind of a, kind of a cringy feeling like skin mm. crawling kind of mm. feeling, I'd say. Um, knowing cause I kind of suffocating, right? Cause you're like, Oh my God, I, you're not going to dry these out for hours. <laughs> I've had a lot of boots crack on the job site at like 9 a.m. Mm. and knowing that I'm going to go till four and knowing that I'm going to get blisters later and oh. just kind of just kind of breathe into it and just let the sock get all squishy and, and then throw it away. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. When when my socks get wet, they're dead to me. <laughs> you, yeah, you You're didn't done. Do your job. You're fucking yeah. out. <laughs> Yeah, I can't, man. I just can't. And the, the, the nice thing is, is I don't do what you do for a living, so I don't have to worry about having to be yeah. a tough guy to get through the day. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just moving on to the Pull next the song. Plug. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> all right. This one, though, I it, it it's kind of a judgment of character and, okay. and maybe patience. Okay. I got to know, do you pull apart string cheese or do you just – bite into it like an you know uncultured swine what do you do well i'm not a cave person but uh when i was about 20 21 22 uh i started realizing that i had a dairy allergy oh no Uh, (laughs) but i do know that i was one of the polars back you know Uh, back when i was in the cheese game okay back in the day i don't think i've eaten like a non-dairy string cheese but i i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't be a barbarian and just bite into it that (laughs) It would undo its whole purpose, I feel like. I'm hoping that we can still be friends because up until about a year ago, I was a barbarian. And oh, just, and my wife's okay. like, what are you doing? <laughs> why, why are you doing it that way? What are you, some kind of animal? Do you live in a garage somewhere in a barn? What, like, what are you talking about? It's like, you got to pull uh, it apart, man. It's way better tasting. Like, How would it taste any different? Oh, it's exactly the same. But it's like, I don't know, maybe ah, kids learn it mm. at school or something. 
dude. Probably. I'm, I'm telling you, it changes the flavor for me. Really? Yeah. It opens. It aerates and opens up like a fine wine or I, something. I guess. I guess. Oh. I, I think it's just like the guys who put their whiskey in the freezer. And, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I I don't know, but hmm. all right. This is the last <laughs> and most serious. Question. Okay. okay. I'm ready. Okay, good. I'm glad you're seated still. I can tell. I feel the energy over the phone. Uh-huh. And I need to know this one, too. It's really important to me. But how many five-year-olds would it take to kick your ass? Oh, man. I, I used to think, that, oh, a million. <laughs> yeah, no. But I've got a, I've got a seven-year-old, and I've got a little two-year-old. Uh-huh. And my lower back is not the same as it used to be. <laughs> so it kind of depends, you know, uh, depends on the app, you know, the, the venue, I guess. <laughs> but I, I mean, I could see in some situations, three, five-year-olds taking me down. Mm. Yeah. It also Sadly. is different for dads than it is for guys who don't, or anyone who doesn't have children, right? Like, yeah. There's a sweetness to little kids that you can't fight them. You just got to yeah, let them win. I'm you not going to punch a little yeah, guy. No. no. No, they're coming at me with guns and knives. We'll have a different conversation, but I'll be in the car going fast. You know, I'll be like getting out of there. Yeah, <laughs> but because anyway. uh, I routinely carry two kids on my back, so I, I think I'd be good to for like four or five and still be able to stand up. I there think I'm still in shape for that. <laughs> okay, I can still get back up. I just wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't beaten on them. Oh. How, how how can my audience connect with you, Casey? I'm on, let's see, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Casey.kicks.rocks. I've got some music on there, some videos. Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, Casey Freedom Music. Uh, I've got CaseyFreedom.com, so I've got some stuff on there, like some calendars, some links to some videos, and where you can purchase my music. Um, I am on TikTok to keep up, you know, with the kids and TikTok's finally kind of coming around for musicians. So it's pretty cool to watch. Um, I am on <laughs> TikTok uh, as of February of last year when I begrudgingly got on there to make silly videos. You're like, okay, I guess I'll do TikTok. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it is, a, yeah, it's a fun place to find goofy videos and some good original music too. Yeah, it. You know, I um, I generally find the people I interview um, on YouTube. Oh, perfect! Yeah, you know, just get on there, see what they're doing, and see if there's an email uh, attached to their their channel, and then I mm-hmm. hit them up, and you know, sometimes that works. Um, but because of Bar J Bar, he, mm-hmm. you know, he uh, he made that introduction for us. So I want to thank J Bar J, who I interviewed a while back, that was just. Yeah, Jerry. Seven million pounds of fun. That guy has more energy than four of me. Yes. I, I saw him it. recently. Yeah, oh. he, he came here. Well, speaking of energy, he came here. Um, he drove from, like, uh, middle of Idaho to my house and, uh, overnight, basically. Slept for a few hours and then got here. Hung out for, like, maybe 24 hours. And without even seeming tired or anything, so well, I, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta get to Wyoming. I said, "Fucking <laughs> Wyoming, yeah." And so he, like, you know, I think he had like a, a loaf of bread, and I think he gave him like an orange. And he's like, "Well, time to go." And then I looked later because I was curious. It was like eighteen hours away or something. I said, "What?" 
Yeah, you know, no big deal. All right, time to hit the road. He's a real, real road dog, real road warrior. So it, look why, out. <laughs> getting to Wyoming from here, from Oregon, isn't all that bad. Right. Um, I just go 20 all the way over to Boise, drop down onto 84. Okay. Take 84 to 80, and you're, okay. you know, once you hit 80, you're in Utah, and you're right there mm-hmm. on the border. So it's, it's not all that bad. But I, my generally, my my general uh, next stop before I sleep is probably Ogden, and then okay. I, I, then I, I venture into. Mm-hmm. I love driving across the country. It's, it's an amazing thing to do. But yeah. hey, Casey, man, I really appreciate you doing this with me and taking the time out of your evening and, and away from your family to do the podcast. Of course. I, I, I can't wait to see what you're doing next, and thank you for your time. Right on. Thank you. Have a good evening. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So just do the thing. You know, check into what he's doing. Um, supporting the artists that I have on is why I have them on. So I hope that you're, you're checking into their music. Oh, I wanted to let you know, and I'll put a, a link down in the show notes, that I've created a playlist on Spotify of all the music from all the artists that I've had on so far. Every song, not just the two that we've heard before, but every song that they do that I found on Spotify is in the Welcome to the Woodshed playlist. So, um, yeah, I'll put a link up, and you can just kind of check it out and see if you like some of the songs. And But, yeah, just I'm just asking you to to get in there and support these artists and, and have them... Um, you know, help them along in their career and their paths and buy some music, you know, go to their shows, all that good stuff. Again, want to thank the sponsors, A Look Design, Rug Valley DJs, and Outsider Coffee. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.